1: You're listening to Rum Bunty Radio, this is episode number 71. Welcome in, Pirates fans. Trey Anity joined with Marty Leap. We welcome back Nick Caparoso. Excited to hear how you guys have been doing. Excited to get into this offseason a little bit. Another really big week for the Pirates, even though we, uh, you know, don't have baseball going on right now. A lot to talk about as far as rule five protection goes. There is some baseball going on. The Arizona Fall League taking place right now. Excited about Excited to talk about some of those youngsters out there in Arizona, but how are you guys doing? How's your last couple of weeks been?
2: You know, not too bad. Um, Just, you know, living the dream, going to work every day, enjoying college football season while we still have it and ready for what's probably going to be a pretty crazy next couple of weeks in the baseball hot stove.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to the next couple of weeks, Marty. Uh, obviously, with the CBA talks and everything, it seems like there's been – an uptick in some of the hastiness on the market. So, like you said, it's definitely going to be, you know, it's the time of the year that we as baseball fans look forward to. You know, I think that's why we often take a break, a uh, couple week break here with our podcast. And even me and you, Marty, just in writing, you know, we kind of cut back a little bit, but you know, it's a chance for us to kind of re- recharge the batteries and get ready for what's always a busy off season, whether it's, you know, the pirates making moves to bring players in, trading people away, um, you know, minor league deals and things like that. So, uh, you know, we're, we're excited to uh, get this going and yeah, with the rule five draft coming up and the 40 man roster protection coming up, uh, you know, it's, it's officially uh,
1: the off season starting. No doubt about it. Good to hear that you guys are doing well. I saw Marty came home to a pot roast tonight on Snapchat, so I know he's doing extra well tonight. It was
2: big stuff, (laughs) I'm going to tell you, especially because at first I was told that the pot roast was bad. I was not told that we had a backup pot roast ready to go,
1: so (laughs) it
2: was a very nice little surprise to come home to.
1: Oh, no doubt about it. And, you know, the Pirates, I think, are going to treat their fans with some surprises. Potential signings, obviously, in baseball. You know, Noah Syndergaard, some crazy names flying around. Jose Barrios finding new teams. But as far as the guys that are currently on the roster, there's some cuts that need to be made. And I want to get into this first. Because I think this is the most pressing issue we can talk about tonight. And like you said, Nick, the Rule 5 protection is going to look a little bit different this year. The CBA expiring on December the 1st. There's some haste to protect these players. So I just want to start by asking you guys, who's a must protect? Let's start with you, Marty.
2: Um, <clears throat> yeah, in terms of you look at the players who rule five draft eligible, then I would point to the must-protect category. The biggest one to me is definitely Livero Paguero, um, the shortstop prospect, one of the best shortstop prospects in all the baseball. Had a monster season for Hyatt Greensboro. And in an interview with Rob Beer Temple of the Athletic earlier this week, told him he found some things with a swing where he's hitting the ball in the air more and he feels like he could be a twenty home run and thirty plus stolen base guy, which man, you take that out of any position, especially your shortstop. Um, Travis Swaggerty, a guy I think no-brainer. Um, if not for injuries last year, Swaggerty would have made the major league roster. I think there's probably a real shot Swaggerty could be on the opening day roster, which is something we'll get into later in the offseason. Outside of those two, I think they're the two slam dunk no-brainers, but I think Tanaj Thomas, Mason Martin, and uh, Kanaan Smith and Jigba, as well as Eddie Yeen, are probably not far behind them.
0: Yeah, I question you know like you said, who is going to be kind of the odd man out, you know, right now our 40 man roster is at 37, according to the Pirates Twitter account. And, you know, that gives us three spots, like you said, and there's some obvious guys that will be added there. You know, a guy like Tanaj Thomas and Eddie Yean will be interesting to see, you know, they're kind of on that, borderline of power arm could sneak into the back end of someone's bullpen, i.e. Luis Aviedo this year with us, or, you know, but they could also, you know, have him unprotected. And a team say, you know, he could be just like Luis Aviado for us. And, you know, what are we going to get out of that? So Tanaj Thomas and Eddie Ean are two names that I am interested to see um, if they protect them or not just because of the, the power arm.
2: Yeah. And I mean, there's definitely going to be some other guys in the, in the discussion other than just them. Um, you know, you have a guy like Yuri De Los Santos, who I think the fact that the pirates resigned him when he became minor league free agent a few weeks ago, is pretty telling that they see something in the guy. So I'll be surprised to see him protected um, Omar Cruz, who was a part of the Joe Musgrove trade. Obviously they're high on him. And even some guys they acquired this year at the trade deadline, outfielder, Jack Swinski, catcher, Carter bins, um, the other pitcher, they got in the Adam Frazier trade. Name has escaped me at the moment, so I apologize for that. Uh, Miliano, I believe, is his last name. Where they really came from San Diego's Rule 5 eligible. Um, so I, I think you're. it's going to be a tough decision for Ben Charrington, especially some of those guys he just acquired at the deadline. Now, I will say Carter Benz, for example, is a guy I think they don't protect because carrying a backup catcher. Rule 5 eligibility for a full season is going to be almost impossible for any team to do, and I think they know that. But there's definitely going to be a lot of tough decisions to be made. Calvin Mitchell, guy we haven't even mentioned yet, who at one point looked like might become a top 100 prospect in baseball is Rule 5 eligible.
0: Um, on that path last year.
2: Yeah, like I, I won't be surprised also if we see the Pirates trade some of these Rule 5 eligible prospects between now and Friday's deadline to protect them in order to make sure they do get something for them in return, not just lose them off the roster and expose them to the rule five draft.
0: Yeah. And I think a big thing that you mentioned there, Marty, is the fact that, you know, Ben Charrington brought these guys in, you know, I don't envision him basically turning around saying, all right, like, see you later, you know, because that's going to look bad to the fan base, to the organization as a whole, like, okay, we traded Adam Frazier for these guys and he was our all-star, our best player on our team for the first half of last year. And we're just letting go of the guys we got, you know, obviously if they deserve to be let go, they need to be let go. But, you know, I don't think Ben Charrington's bringing them in here unless he's interested in them. So I think we're more likely to see, you know, more of the Neil Huntington era players be pushed off the 40 man roster. Um you know, and and that could be up and through the major league roster itself. You know, I I don't think anyone's necessarily, you know, outside of a few key players. Um, you know, there's definitely some veterans on the team that could be moved still.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it really is going to be a difficult decision for Ben Charrington. But like you said, Nick, these all these guys are the guys that he brought in. I don't, you know, just sending them to the to the wayside here. And Marty, you had an article this week, and it was titled "Lock." removed from the 40-man roster. Talk about these guys and who you detailed in the article there. Who's not going to make the cut?
2: Well, I mean, three of the guys I mentioned in the article, uh, Tanner Anderson, Taylor Davis, and Philip Evans were just released today. So, you know. <laughs> it helps. Yeah, make sure you come over to bunter where if you look at our predictions, we're one for our last one. So, make sure you <laughs> stick with that. But no, um, the other two guys that I had mentioned who I will fully expect to come on 40-man roster are outfielder Jared Oliva. And as well as Oliver pitcher Cody Ponce, um, with Oliver first, I mean the guy again was at one point a pretty promising prospect in the system, but the last two seasons, all the issues the Pirates have had with their outfield, and through those two seasons, despite Oliver already being at the A level, and despite the Pirates playing for nothing, he still was only able to accumulate 59 plate appearances at the Major League level. It's very clear this front office does not believe in Jared Oliva as a Major League player. Um, you throw in the fact they've already added Greg Allen this offseason and that I expect two outfielders to be added to the 40-man and Travis Swagger doing Jack Sawinski. I think Oliva's an odd man out. As for Cody Pones, um, similar to Oliva in that he was a guy Huntington brought in Um, the, this current regime, yes, he's pitched a decent amount for the Pirates last year, I think like 25, 26 games, but it was mostly used as, Hey, go out there, eat innings and save our younger arms. Um, when you're being used in that role and you're already 28 years old and you were struggling to get above double a two, three years ago, the writings on the wall there, um, there's no knock on Cody pones, obviously the guy. Clearly has some talent. He pitched in the major leagues after all, but pitchers like him are a dime and You can find them anywhere. So those are some players, you know, Ponce and, uh, and Oliva, I definitely expect them on the 40 man roster. And, you know, there's plenty of other candidates to come off this 40 man roster before Friday, not just before Friday's deadline to clear up spaces, to protect guys in rule five draft, but just throughout the off season. I mean, you look up and down this roster, they were a hundred loss team last year for a reason. Anthony Banda, You know, Eric Handhold, Chad Cool, honestly, with his injuries, it wouldn't shock me.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, With his injuries, it wouldn't shock me to see Stephen Bralton on Tendered. Dwayne Underwood Jr. could easily be taken off this roster. There's one nice thing if you're in a position where you've got a 40 man roster crunch and you've got to protect a lot of prospects, if you're coming off a 100 loss season, it helps because clearly your 40 man roster is seriously lacking in talent and it's not going to be hard to find options to drop
1: yeah that's yeah. for sure yeah no doubt about it and you know a lot of those guys you mentioned it would just make so much sense there marty but there's some guys that we've talked about throughout the week on pirates twitter and elsewhere that you know you can see the pirates maybe not <laughs> protecting and still see these guys make it through the rule five draft is there any players the pirates aren't worried about you know maybe not protecting that they could see come back after that draft
0: yeah i think like marty said carter Benz is the one that stands out to me he's the catcher we acquired um, from Seattle. It's a similar thing. Um, You know, that was a guy that a lot of people who looked into saber metrics and defensive metrics, you know, they, they looked at him as an interesting kind of catching prospect. And so when we got him back, it was, you know, a good return. So I, I don't envision, like Marty said, a team, bringing him on as a third catcher at this point, Um, you know, he didn't exactly tear up double a when he got here last year. So um, I would look for him to definitely slide through um, the slide through the draft.
2: Yeah. And in addition to Ben's, you know, the other guy I mentioned, Michelle Miliano, the reliever they got for the Padres. Um, He's never pitched above high A and last year at the high A level had near a over six. So, I think he's another guy who you see leave unprotected that probably slides through the system or slides through the draft, excuse me, and doesn't get picked up.
0: I think Eddie Yeen will probably be the same boat, also. Um, I think out of the group we've talked about, Tanaj Thomas, you know, we were talking earlier, I think he's the most likely to be protected just because he has. Still has starter upside where Eddie Yeen needs to kind of get back on track for him to have that upside again. So I think you know teams will look at his numbers last year and you know what do you really do with with um, a guy who was pitching you know starting a game, pitching in relief, throwing a couple innings here and there um, with, with control issues. So I, once again, you know there's twenty nine other teams that are going to have prospects exposed as well you know we're not mm-hmm. the only team that's dealing with a roster crunch um you know and we've seen this in the years past to tampa bay rays for instance last year had to do this so you know it's a nature of the game and how it is right now so this is what they have to do hopefully you know they make the right decisions
2: yeah and one thing that's going to make all of this very interesting for the pirates is you know i saw earlier Based off MLB pipeline, top 30 prospects, the Pirates have more of their top 30 prospects. roll five eligible than any other team in baseball. So I, I fully expect there to be Pirate prospects, most likely multiple who are unprotected that get selected in this draft. And I think that's just the nature of the Pirates having a farm system that is as deep as it, as it is, combined with just the anomaly of seeing these many guys become roll five eligible in the same offseason. Yeah.
1: That's really well said. I mean, it, it's kind of a good problem to have this much depth in the organization where some of these guys are at stake. We're going to keep an eye on that, obviously, and follow out the Rule 5 draft and who is protected, who is not. But some really coveted Pirates prospects may not have to worry about it. Nick Gonzalez, Carmen Majinski, a couple of guys from the Jamison Tyone deal, Cannon Smith and Jigba, Ronzy Contreras, along with Michael Burrows and Bear Bellamy, representing the Pirates in the Arizona Fall League. What a great league that has continued to rise and, you know, is really a showcase of the future of the game. Let's talk about these Pirates prospects, why they were selected to participate in this league, and kind of how they're doing so far. Nick, you want to get us started here?
0: Yeah, I mean, right off the top, you brought Nick Gonzalez, who made his, you know, Arizona Fall League All-Star Game this year. Um, it's a very competitive league, like you said. It's a very intense prospect league where you basically see you know all the teams Nick Gonzales is and all their Renzi contreras all their big prospects who they're hoping you know can show that next level stuff and Nick Gonzales definitely did that this year at out, um excuse me out west just uh you know hitting the ball hitting it you know mid 300s and you know playing some shortstop too which was interesting uh So we'll see, you know, going into spring training, if that's a pattern that they might continue with him or not. But, yeah, Nick Gonzalez definitely did everything we could have hoped for, um, you know, when he was assigned to the Arizona Fall League.
1: Yeah. You know, what what goes into this decision on on who is selected here? Because, you know, there's a huge crop of prospects, a lot of talent in this organization, obviously. How did they decide – you know, we'll send Cannon Smith and Jigbo, the Ronsi Contreras, is Michael Burrows. What what goes into that decision? Yeah, I think proximity to the to the big
0: leagues. You know, I mean, um, you know, how close are they? And like you said, you see a little bit of a range. Like Nick Gonzalez, we know uh, was at High A, but you know the way Ben Charrington talked, uh, he he knew he was ready for Double A, and I'm I'm wondering if he's not even going to go to Double A, if he might start at Triple A. Yeah. Um, because of this fall league. And I, I wonder if this was a bit of a test for him, you know, Hey, like if he, if he goes out and performs in a fall league, you know, this <laughs> is on maybe a timeline than we originally thought, you know, or a quicker timeline, I should say, than we originally thought, you know, we can be more aggressive with him if he shows us what we need to see. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at. You know, I think it's kind of like a more of a test to kind of see if they are that next level or not. Can they hang with the best prospects? If they can, then, you know, we probably have a pretty good player on our hands.
2: Yeah, I I think a factor here also, you know, you look at a guy like Ronzi Contreras, for example, who the Pirates obviously plan on contributing at the major league level next year, missed a lot of time this season due to injury. So I do think, too, you want to see a guy like Contreras get those extra innings in, especially we saw this season how much missing innings the previous season can impact a pitching staff um i also think that probably applied to mike burrows as well who also missed time due to injury and carmen Majeski, all missed time due to injury this season so you get them out there in the fall league let them make up some of those innings they missed during the regular season and just get their arm used to that workload of pitching these longer seasons that you know in high school and college you've, they've never had to do before
1: yeah no doubt and i mean shoot it's big for the pitchers but how about nick gonzalez too i mean he had to miss a lot of time it's great to see him put it on like you said nick i mean we're seeing it now this is a huge opportunity for him to continue to grow i mean nick gonzalez led the league in batting average and hits through i I believe there's only one week left he uh, is up in all of those categories so just dominating out there and has looked really good so far who who got snubbed from this list miguel yahure was a guy that i expected to see in arizona didn't see him there uh Contreras is not a bad alternative but you know who else was snubbed from this list
0: you know, one thing I'll say about Yahure is I think they would have liked to send him out there, but I think there's also the thought of letting him just get more rest and probably rehab on that um, elbow. If I recall, is a nerve issue, right? I believe, I believe so, so, yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah. You know, that's kind of a delicate thing. So I, I, I do wonder if that was a big part in why he wasn't out there, if they wanted to just kind of let him shut down again. But... Yeah, I think one player I would have really have liked to seen go out there is Mason Martin.
2: Yeah, I agree on Martin. Um, first off, the wrap up with Uray, I agree with your reasoning why he probably didn't. Um, I think the Pirates have all intentions of Uray being in the opening day rotation next year. So you want to give him a lighter workload this offseason to make sure he is healthy and fresh and ready to go in Bradenton in the spring. With Mason Martin, I totally agree. He's a guy who, you know, essentially has been Pedro Alvarez, big-time power, going to draw a lot of walks, going to strike out a lot. You know, and I really would have liked to have seen him compete in the fall league to get some at-bats and get some looks against a little bit higher level pitching than he's faced in the minors, Um, especially with Martin being a guy who, you know, more than likely will make his major league debut at some point next season.
0: Yeah, that's, that's kind of where I was at too, Marty. You figure he's – you know, you're basically your best first base prospect, you know, you might have right now in the system in terms of, you know, closeness to the major league. So I I did, I wanted to see, like you said, what he could do against that higher level, uh, consistent higher level competition to see if he could still, you know, yeah, we know he's going to strike out, but still be able to, you know, show that power off consistently to the point of, you know, he can be a big league player every day or not. And, you know, I think we would have got a clearer picture on that, um, seeing him out there this fall.
1: Yeah. You know, it's unfortunate you can't see more guys like that. Uh, you would love to, to get the opportunity to get those reps and everything else. But a good crop of players sent out to Arizona, and obviously, um, you know, doing very well in that league to this point. We, we mentioned it at the top of the show, but, you know, this offseason does look a lot different. It's moving very quickly here. CBA does expire on December the 1st, and, you know, the CBA has kind of been a scary acronym for a lot of people because we don't know what's going to happen this December. But why does this deadline, you know, just increase the pace so much on this offseason?
2: I mean, the biggest thing is I think, first off, people don't. Just expect the CBA to expire and there to be a lockout. I think people expect this to be nasty. I think people are expecting this to drag through most of the offseason, potentially into spring training. Um, at this point, I won't be the least bit surprised if spring training does not start on time. It honestly might be more of a surprise if spring training does start on time than if it doesn't. This is going to be an ugly lockout for a lot of reasons. And so you're, you're seeing teams want to get a lot of deals done before the CBA expires on December 1st. Because then when you come out of this, whenever this lockout ends next spring sometime, you're not stuck trying to do an entire offseason's worth of roster management moves in, what, three, four weeks, if that. And we've seen already, look at the Detroit Tigers. They've been extremely aggressive, trading for Tucker Barnhart, signing uh, Eduardo Rodriguez from the Red Sox. No Syndergaard signed with Anaheim today. Jose's Barrio signed that big extension with Toronto. Teams are being proactive. Teams are looking to get things done. And, you know, we've seen this week, the reports of the pirates and Yoshi Susugo of, I believe the way Alex Stump of on Pittsburgh sports put it was that they have talked frequently. So it appears that they're really trying to get a deal done with Yoshi before the CBA expires and keep him around. So I think with the pirates, it wouldn't stun me to see them. I know we kind of touched on this earlier, but maybe trade some of these rule five eligible prospects. Like a guy like Cal Mitchell to me just seems like the perfect trade candidate. Um, you know he was close to breaking through as a top 100 prospect coming out of the 2018 season. Struggled a little bit in 2019. COVID ruined 2020, and he's a kid who could go right to A for a team who might need outfield help and could help in the outfield sooner rather than later. Excuse me. So I think you could see guys like that be traded. Cody Bolton's another one I'd be intrigued. What would happen there? Because you know prior to getting injured he looked like he was one of the pirates top pitching prospects. And then the COVID season happened last year was set to start the year of the bullpen. We then came to find out it was because of a knee issue that cost him his entire season. So there are definitely trades. I can see the pirates making this week, maybe not so much off that major league roster, but at the same time, it wouldn't shock me, you know, a Colin Moran, a Ben Gamble, someone like that. You move them to clear up a roster spot.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm right there with you. Like I said, the Rays kind of did this uh last year where they were making some creative deals to clear roster space. Um, and you know, we did this a few years back, uh, Neil Huntington with the Cleveland Indians, the Jordan Lupula trade. I know a big part of that was you know, trying to move guys around roster-wise. Um, so it this isn't unusual, like you said. There can be deals now. The question is, is you know what kind of deals are they going to be? You know, a couple minor league guys for lower level minor league guys. You know, or are we going to see, you know, something maybe a little more significant um, in the sense of trying to maybe acquire a youngest young player for a couple prospects or vice versa? Um, like you said, we end up trading someone off the major league roster. Um, you know, we've talked about some candidates already Chris Stratton is another name that you can throw into the mix. Um, You know, I thought he should have been traded at the deadline this year. And so he's definitely someone I'd keep an eye on as a potential trade candidate. You know, like you said, teams are trying to get their work done now that way they don't have to worry about uh, down the road and players are the same thing, you know, free agents, I, they don't want to be going into December without work next year. I can tell you that, you know, a contract next year. So it will be interesting to see. Um, One other point I wanted to touch on real quick was Toronto's extension of Jose Barrios, seven years, 130 something million, 136 million, I believe. Uh, You know, it's interesting to see them work out that deal. Barrios, you know, on average is getting about 18 mil a year, which, you know, he's a very good pitcher and you wonder if he could have got more money down the road. And that also makes you wonder if, you know, with this potential CBA and lockout and all the talk about, you know, changing the financials of baseball, if some of these players are going to be more willing to kind of take a team friendly extension to uh, just get that guaranteed contract. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Real real quick here. This is kind of off topic, but I just happened to open up Twitter and see Jonathan Mayo posting a video of Ronzi Contreras tonight. Um, he had two strikeouts in the first inning, including making J.J. Blade, who is mm. out of a prospect, we're absolutely foolish. So, yeah. All, just, just I think Blade hit a
0: homer off him the other day, too, so that's good to see that.
2: Because Ronzi strutted off the mound big time after that strikeout, so it just seemed like it might have had some redemption to it. But yeah, keep the, keep the Ronzi uh, hype train rolling throughout the offseason. That's all. I just <laughs> want to throw that in there.
1: <laughs> no, that's a great point. I'm, I'm with it all the way. And, you know, I don't think we're going to need much help. I think the Ronzi hype is here. Hype for all these guys is here. Yeah. I mean, it's just such a, a fun, young crop of players. And you guys mentioned some older names, some guys that you could certainly see getting removed from this roster to clear up space. I've heard the name Jacob Stallings brought up in, in some trade talks. How serious is that? Is that just rumors or, you know, is there some legitimacy behind trading Jacob Stallings? And how would you guys feel about a move like that?
2: I mean, the Stallings things, when I've gone back and forth on the one hand, I feel like if you get a good offer for him, jump on it. Um, Largely because of the way Ben Charrington has overhauled the catcher position without, throughout the organization as a whole. You finally have a lot of catching help coming. And Stallings is already 32 years old. So even though he remains under team control through the 2024 season, at his age, you know, there's no guarantees he's going to still be a big contributor when they look to compete again that said the guy might be the best defensive catcher in baseball you've got a lot of young pitchers coming up to me I I think unless you get a deal that just blows you away or you see as a big time overpay I personally would keep him because I think stalling's biggest value to this organization the next year or two more so than what he could bring in in a trade would be him helping bring guys like Contreras you, you, Ray, Carmen Majinski, you know Mike Burrows and Quinn Priestor when they get here in the next year or two, helping bring those guys along at the major league level and just giving them one of the best defensive catchers, a guy who's great at calling a game, great at handling a pitching staff, and just help build up our young pitchers.
0: Yeah, Marty, I know this is something we've discussed before, and you know it's sounding like you're starting to lean a little more my way, where at least you'd be. <laughs> Uh, I'm 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 right there with you. You know, the big thing for me is Jacob Stallings is an aging catcher who is on the wrong side of thirty, and the Pirates, obviously, like you said earlier, coming off a hundred wins, uh, hundred losses, hundred wins. Yeah, right, hundred loss. I I just think that if the right deal, like you said, if the right deal comes along, get it done. Um, you know, I can teams overpay and be aggressive for a 32 year old agent catcher yeah i think so you know i think we we see teams looking for catching help desperately and you know sometimes uh you know when teams you know i'm thinking about the yankees man they've had so many problems behind the plate <laughs> they're talking about stalling so i i just kind of think you know a lot of their fans are talking about songs i I do wonder if we see him end up in pin stripes at the end of this offseason.
2: You know, I don't know. I just feel like with the Yankees, that is one I would be hesitant to do because I just I don't envision a scenario where Jacob Stallings goes to the Yankees and Gary Sanchez doesn't come to the Pirates. and I don't want Gary Sanchez anywhere near these young pitchers. I want him as far away as possible because he, I feel like, would do the complete opposite for their development of what Jacob
0: Stallings would do. You mean the right-handed platoon player with Colin Moran? Now, if they're doing it that way, that's different, but I don't want him ever catching a single inning for the Pittsburgh Like you said, the Yankees, they're just kind of the team right now. It seems like their fan base is really pushing hard on the internet, and, you know, it's, it's funny because – it is the internet and, you know, it's just random fans. But last year is the same thing with Ty on and he eventually got dealt there. That's one
2: so, up there. Yeah. But, you and, know, and,
0: uh, and the Garrett Cole stuff, you know, with the Yankees and the Astros years back whenever that was a very big social media push also. So you just never know there. Obviously people can connect to us, the team's needs and who's going to be available. So there's like i said there's going to be a lot of teams that want catching help it's going to be up to ben charrington to weigh you know whether or not it's worth like you said giving up that that mentor that veteran presence behind the plate or you know maybe getting a piece back that you really really like and then along with some other stuff
2: i mean for this week i think it's going to be exciting just because you're going to see a lot of roster moves and nothing else you know, when you see a lavera Paguero, a Travis Swaggerty, Tanaj Thomas, Mason Martin, whoever it is, added to the 40-man roster, that's one step closer to these guys getting here. That's one step closer to the Pittsburgh Pirates being contenders again. And to me, that's always exciting. And, you know, I, maybe it's different. I think Nick would agree with this. As guys who follow the minor league system a lot, we kind of watched that 2013 through 2015 run you watch those guys come through the minors, you watch them get closer and closer and closer. And then when they got here and you reap the benefits of it, it made for me, it made that much more enjoyable to just watch those guys step-by-step step through the minor leagues. And you know, when you see these guys get out of the 40 man this week, that's just going to be the next step of them getting closer to coming to Pittsburgh and helping turn this thing back in the winning direction.
0: Yeah. yeah. Marty, I'm just looking forward to, like you said, the roster moves we're going to see uh, across baseball as a whole. Um, you know, we're seeing already like I'd, didn't expect center guard to flip the whole way to the other coast and put on a angel. So, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, You know, what I think I'm most nervous about is just if, if there really isn't a plan to make this work, the 40 man roster, um, I really would hate to see some of these guys exposed that, you know, we've been really uh, thinking are going to be a part of this future.
1: It is going to be incredibly interesting to follow. And like I said earlier, we're going to have you covered all the way on rumbunter.com. Guys, don't forget to check out the website. A lot of articles out right now from writers like Nick, Marty, Noah Wright, the rest of our incredible staff cranking it out right now. And guys, as we close it out here tonight, don't forget to check out the rest of our podcasts as well. We're going to have some big ones coming up here where we hope to get on some of these minor leaguers we've been talking about tonight, as well as some other big time guests and episodes continuing to detail this offseason. But until then, my name is Trey Yannity from Marty Leap and Nick Caparoso. We thank you guys for joining us tonight. As always, you can find us on, on Omni.com, Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and like I said, on rumbunter.com as well. Until next week, everybody, the Pittsburgh Pirates have some decisions to make. Who will stay? Who will go? We'll find out here soon. Have a great week. Let's go bye.